Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and special guest host Tandra Bellamy. Welcome to this episode of Supply Chain Now. Tandra, how you doing? Great, Scott. So great to be here again. Great to see you again. You too. You know, we've done, I don't know, uh, a couple dozen episodes together. We've collaborated together. And, you know, as you know, I am the co-chair of the Atlanta chapter of the Tandra Bellamy Fan Club. So it's so great to have you back with us on this side of the table, right? On this side of the table, yes. Uh, big episode here today. We're continuing this series we like to call the Now Generation, right? Not folks that are uh, waiting to make their impact. They're making it right now, right? Yes. So we talk with students, uh, educators, folks that are really nurturing that, uh, this, this pipeline of talents coming into uh, global supply chain, global business, you name it. Uh, work with uh, interview folks from around some of the leading institutions uh, around the world. But today's special episode of this okay. Now Generation series, Tandra, we've talked about this for years, right? Absolutely. This has been a long time in the making. It has, and uh, we're foreshadowing a little bit here because Tandria has finally brought her son, Anthony Bellamy, to the conversation, which we're going to introduce in just a second. But uh, Tandria, let's level set a bit. Yes. For a lot of our newer audience, maybe didn't, hadn't caught your previous uh, 17 appearances, <laughs> I'll call it. Um, you, know, you, you had a very long, successful career as an executive at UPS. You know, give us a couple of bullet points from that. Yes. 34 great years with UPS, um, started in small package, so the brown trucks that do all of the pickup and deliveries, had an opportunity to work with our advanced technology group for some of the next generations of uh, technology, and then also was in our supply chain. And I think as being a part of the supply chain group is where we got our initial introduction. So yeah, just had a, a great career, and now I am very happily retired. That's right, but not stationary. Yep. Not stationary, not right? Not stationary. You make it happen. Uh, and you know, also, I think what, when I think back of the first time we met, uh, you had contributed a piece, I think it was to Forbes, uh, about uh, engineering and about uh, how important diversity is to bring in all kinds of talent into that world, right? Exactly. I think you read the piece called I'm Not a Hidden Figure and reached out and we had a great conversation. And that that visibility is extremely important. That's how you uh, attract that next generation of top talent. That's right. Uh, all right, so speaking of which, there's so many th different things we could talk about yes. in today's episode, but we are, uh, our rock and roll guest is sitting here across the table from us, and I want to dive right into uh, his perspective, right? So I want to introduce Anthony Bellamy, a senior at Middle Tennessee State University, home to one of the most respected aerospace programs in the world. Anthony, how you doing? I'm great, how are you? Oh, doing wonderful. We finally are, you know, this has always come to fruition. We've talked about this for years. We had to go through your agent, I think, to get you booked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my agent, my mom, definitely. <laughs> well, so we got a lot to get into with you here, Anthony. And, and of course, one of the things we're gonna be talking about is you're in uh, that highly regarded aerospace professional pilot program at MTSU, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, and, you're, and we're gonna talk more a lot more about your passion 
for all things flying. Not so much geology, but, but <laughs> all, so things, <laughs> all things flying. Great to have you here. All right, so before we dive into that, that impressive program, your passion for flying, and you know, as we're walking over here, uh, uh, Tandria uh, with Anthony, he was telling me about some of these, all these different things you got to take into account to fly yes. these, these aircraft. And I'll tell you, I was getting a little nervous just hearing all that he's got to manage. But, you know, if anyone can do it, as we learned, Anthony can. But before we get all that, let's get to know you a little bit better, right, on a human level. So uh, I want to start with um, you. I, I caught your presentation. I think Tandra sent it to me where you're, you're uh, sharing some of what you do at a family reunion, right? And you were beaming. You could see, you know, your passion was just jumping out of my phone as I watched you present on flying. And you said something like, I get to learn and fly every day. Yes, sir. So you're, you're sharing some of all the different cities. What's one of the coolest trips that you've made, places you've flown into? Tell, you know, what was a, what was a cool one? Um, probably the coolest trip I've made was during my commercial training and I made a flight. It was a solo cross country. It was visual conditions and I made it from our airport in Murfreesboro to an airport in Indiana and it was about a three hour flight and I was doing everything by myself. I was the only person in the cockpit and it was very fun talking to ATC, figuring out which runway I was going to land at and coming into the airport, parking the plane. I had to refuel it myself. So doing all that by myself was really fun. While I was stopped in Indiana, I was able to go and get some Mexican food, and it's pretty good. It was, it was delicious it was Mexican right. food. I hear. <laughs> it was it was it was all right, but <laughs> it was it was it was good to me because I flew there and did everything uh, myself. That's what made it really good. Yes. So, and then I flew back, and on the way back, I stopped in an uh, airport in Music City, and that airport was really nice. Um, the approach coming in, it was over it was over the water, and it was around sunset time, so it was it was beautiful. And I got to refuel there too, and then make my way back into the MTSU airport. Man, that makes me nervous just hearing about all that stuff, right? Flying over the water and stuff. Um, I gotta ask, uh, yes. for, what does that? Where does that take your brain? All that he shared about one of his coolest flights. Uh, where does that take your your mind? I'm just super excited that he's super excited. I'm also very overjoyed that the investment that he's making in his education that is going to pay off tremendously. Oh, yeah. And he loves what he's doing. He really beams every time he talks about flying, about school, about his classes. So at a great investment and a great future. Oh, I love that. Uh, I got to ask you, as you, as, uh, you know, uh, I didn't think about this question. I'm going to throw it in here. Did you see any, like I grew up in Top Gun in 80, 1986, was a big movie. I thought I was going to be a naval aviator. No, I'm not smart enough to do that. What, uh, is there any kind of aircraft or flying related program or movie that you can recall that you're like, man, that's really cool? Not really. <laughs> I, where I got my flying from is all the trips that my mom was able to take me on and going into different different planes. And it was so cool every time we would take off. I'd always want to sit by the window and watch us go, go down the runway and take off and land. I'd always want to look in the cockpit and see what the captain and the first officer were doing. So, cool. so all of that stuff is what influenced me to become a pilot. Tandra, that, you know, I think we've talked about this. As a father of three, uh, man and I are really tried as tough as it is to get our three kids out and experience travel and experience some of those things that uh, Anthony was just sharing. That's got to be so fulfilling, rewarding to hear kind of what, you know, what you enabled, how that kind of helped him uncover one of his passions in life. That, that is great to hear. It, it really is great to hear. And, you know, 
a lot of the trips were because I moved around so much with, with work. So to have something very positive come from that is great to hear. It's absolutely great to hear. It is. Uh, all right. So now, since most of our conversation here today is going to focus on flying and, and all the cool things you're up to, um, what is one thing that you love to do when you're not flying or training or in the cockpit? What I love to do is anything car related. I'm a huge car nerd. I'm a huge car guy. I love going on different drives with my dad up in the North Georgia mountains or up in Tennessee. I always have fun. It's so much fun. And like me and my dad, we share the same passion. So we watch different YouTube videos about car guys and talk about them or he'll call me and tell me a car that he saw in traffic or send me a picture of it. So that's one thing that I really love. Okay. On one of those trips that we took, we went out to <laughs> California. So we're out in California, LA, San Diego, all kinds of stuff to do. What did we do? We went and we drove the rental car on Angeles Crest Highway, one of the highways that it's beautiful and it's so much fun and I loved it so much. It was my favorite part of the trip. Wow. Man. Was it a convertible? No. It was not. It no? was an Ultima. <laughs> But I, it was the road that, that really mattered. I'm just picturing matter. that. I'm picturing that. What a gorgeous trip. Uh, now, and you obeyed the speed limit, right? Always. Always. I bet. Um, all right. Well, thank you for sharing that. we got a lot to get into here today. Anthony, I can't tell you how tickled we are to have you here with us. Okay. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into your upbringing because, you know, we're all products of our upbringing, right? Whether we like it or not. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot, right? But, uh, you know, everyone comes from different walks of life for sure. So I want to talk about, um, as we, we mentioned on the front end, your mom did big things, moved mountains at UPS. We, uh, we were really uh, fortunate to interview and get a lot of those stories and collaborated with Tandria over the years, right? So how do you, all those things she did in, in that chapter of her, of her journey, how did that impact what you want to do in life? Um, it impacted what I wanted to do, just seeing her go out there and do things for so many people and help so many people in different ways. So when... I saw her coming home every day and telling me all these amazing things she did. It motivated me to kind of pursue what she was doing and help other people as well. Mm -hmm. Make an impact is what I'm hearing, right? You want to make an impact like your mom. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, tremendously proud. Yeah. You know, I think because we moved a lot with UPS and watching him go and quickly adjust, make good friendships, but also just do well no matter where we were. I knew he was going to be just fine moving forward because he had that quality of not just adapting, but going in and being a leader with whoever he chose to uh, to befriend. And that was great to see. I love that. Uh, do you feel to so moving around a lot, having to make new friends and you know, kind of finding your new niche in the new communities and stuff? Do you feel that made you more resilient to, to change in general? Yeah, definitely. I think it helped me a lot because... It always came easy to me, like making new friends and being someone that people could like look up to and come come to for help and helping other people also. And I, I got that from my mom because she's very, something that she does for me is she motivates me a lot to do well in whether it's school, whether it's just in life and all the things she does, helping all these other people, it really motivates me to when we're moving into different places and different locations to be generous like her and help other people as well. Ooh, that's music to my ears, Tandria. Music to my Mine ears. Mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to ask, um, hearing Anthony talk about these things, mm -hmm. like in a formal setting, I guess, is this, I mean, is this, 
Is any of this new to you or is this kind of? It's absolutely amazing, heartwarming, uplifting. Um, yeah, it best Christmas present ever. <laughs> so thank you. I believe it. You're welcome. You know, uh, you know, all my friends, Mason, Josh, Avery, yeah. what do they call you? They call you your second mom. Yes, they do. I can, uh, they do. I can see that. So shout out to Mason, Josh, and Avery. Avery. <laughs> Are they all pilots too? No, 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 no. They're friends from way back from okay. when I lived in Chicago. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe you can fly into Chicago and pick them up, but not, maybe. right? Yeah. Soon? Man, those would be some neat trips. Uh, all right. <laughs> so... Let, let me let me do a follow-up question again with the role model and the standard your mom set through all that she did in industry. So what's one leadership trait that really sticks out as a priority for you based on what how you observed Tandria approach in uh, work and leadership and everything else? Um, I kind of got into this earlier, but I would say she's very motivational. She helps me with getting the best out of myself. She always, when I was doing homework or doing whatever, I got if I got a B in a class I shouldn't she'd come on you can do better you know you can do better she would she would tell me that and I would always believe it even even if I was like man this is really hard I don't know if I can do it she always brought the best out of me so okay. I thought that was really great leadership trait that she has hey that college calculus man those are some tough days oh, I, I, smoked that. <laughs> well I'll tell you what I knew that engineering was not in my future after one semester of uh, calculus so so the, the motivational component. So you, I bet do you, uh, as you talk about that, do you see yourself and how important it is to motivate, you know, your future teammates and your yeah. future employees and all that kind of stuff? Yes, definitely. Because if they believe that they can do it, because a lot of people, they have, they just don't think that they can do it. Right. There's certain things that they don't think they can do, whether it's like in the job or even like on something like a basketball team, there's people that are certain things that they don't think that they can do yeah. when they really can if they put their mind to it. And my mom taught me that you can accomplish a lot of things if you just stay focused and lock it and lock in and believe believe in yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, by the way, you mentioned basketball. I went to the Hawks game last night. I hope they continue to get extra motivated. We got a little catching up to do. We got a sub 500 record, but they beat the Pistons last night. Uh, so Everybody's we'll beating business. <laughs> no comment. We just lost the Detroit demographic. All right. No, we're all kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, but you're right. All right. So, Anthony, I, I love that. Uh, it's so important that, that ability to not only motivate yourself, but to motivate, motivate others. That's like billion dollar um, uh, abilities, really. So, Tandria, along those lines, for our students out there listening, young professionals out there listening, they want to be you know, have a really successful career, much like you had, what is one piece of advice you'd offer them? Um, Anthony spoke to focus and doing your best. We have too many people that are looking for something that's easy. Yeah. And I had a, we would go out and do presentations um, as a staff. And one of my good friends had a presentation that was called Easy Jobs Don't Pay Much. And it's really important that you find something that you're going to enjoy doing because it's also very difficult to be successful if you're miserable, but then you have to work at it. And there's really nothing that replaces hard work. Yes, it's important to network and yes, it's important to have a mentor, but you have to put the work in. That's right, that's right. And also if you're still in college, having internships is extremely 
extremely important. Go and see if you enjoy the work. Go and understand what the different career paths are within a major. Don't take the easiest major to graduate from. Go out and find what you really have a passion for right. and pursue it. Where were you in 1996 as I was figuring out what I was going to major in? That is such great advice and practical advice. Um, you know, because an easy path, that, that's a magnet for a lot of folks out there. Absolutely. And I like this quote, you, uh, easy jobs don't pay much. Uh, that, it's so true. Um, all right, and the internship can't be overstated. That, uh, you know, put your hands on and do yes. uh, the job that you may do after you graduate. That's really important as well. Anthony, weigh in on that advice from Tandria. One thing that she said that I really like is find something that you're passionate about because I'm so passionate about flying and about my school. When I go to school, my mom knows I, I'm itching always to go back to school. I yeah. love flying, I love learning about flying. and. Even though it's really hard, it never seems like school, or it never seems like work. It just seems like I'm having yeah. fun. Like, wow, okay. That, everyone should listen to that. You gotta say it louder for the folks in the back. Find something you love to do, because it won't feel like work, right? Okay, great advice over the last couple minutes there. So let's talk more about this program, more about this passion, that this program is helping you gain the credentials so you can spend your career doing what you love to do. So tell us first about the core classes and the training involved. You started to kind of in the pre-show. Tell us more about what's involved with the aerospace professional pilot program. Is that right? What all do you, are you, do, you do? So coming in as a freshman, you learn a lot about a lot of stuff on the ground, right? You first start, before you, before you get up in the air, you learn about the different aerospace rules, the different laws and regulations of aviation. You learn about aviation weather and you know how to navigate the world how to without relying on gps like you learn a lot of they call it pilotage and dead reckoning which is like using sectional charts and being able to navigate based on landmarks that are already there like power lines rivers and stuff like that train so, tracks maybe as we got this train going past yeah, us here maybe they, they have little train tracks on the sectional so if you fly over a train track you'd be oh there it is so okay. it helps you along the way it's important to recognize all the terrain features so you can kind of be uh, you know where you are is that yeah, right definitely because once you it's way different once you get up there you'll look around and you'll be like where am i a lot of the times when i was going on uh, cross-country flights with my flight instructor he'll be like do you have the airport in sight that we're going to we're 15 miles away and i'd be like no I, I don't see it it's hard to when you're so high up in the air look and see like where you're going but the different classes, like my mom talked about this earlier, is they correspond with the flight training that you're doing. So when I was a freshman, I took a class called Professional Pilot One. And what it does is it teaches you all of the stuff that you're learning while you're doing your flight lab. So you learn about the airport environment. You learn about tr different traffic patterns. You learn about the different airspaces. And then once you learn about it in the classroom, you go apply it in real life when you're flying with your flight instructor. You go and you practice the traffic pattern. You go and you while you're taxiing through the airport, you look at the different signs. He'll be like, what does that sign mean? What does that sign mean? And I really like how the classes correspond with the flight labs. And as you keep going on and on, you go to ProPilot 2, ProPilot 3, and you learn about different stuff. You get different ratings. So you learn about instrument flying, you learn about commercial flying, you learn okay. about multi-engine flying. And I just finished Professional Pilot 5. Okay. And what's really interesting about that class is 
it teaches you how to fly a jet. It teaches you how to fly the CRJ seven hundred jet, right? That's a jet that like American uses, Endeavor uses, Air Canada uses, and what it does is it really gives you a head start on what you're going to do after you're finished at MTSU, after you finish getting your thousand hours, and you can become a first officer at one of those airlines. So it's it's a lot, and I love it. Man, that is it sounds just and then there's a lot more than what the last three or four minutes that Anthony put out there, but it sounds so holistic and so practical. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. It was funny because you had geology. Okay. So he was just complaining and complaining. Why do I need to know about rocks? I was like, you do understand the only reason you're so aggravated with this class is because everything else that you've taken actually applied to what you're doing. You are so unaccustomed to having garbage classes. Um, that this one really, really just frustrated him. Yeah. He did well, but he was like, what's the point? Right. And that's because so many of his classes had absolute firsthand practical application right. that he immediately saw the benefit from. And like I said, tremendous blessing. You know that, um, that what, that, so I, I, there's a greater analogy in what you're sharing there, Tandra, because I think if more folks out there working in organizations know what's the point yes. and what's in it for me yes. and that they can connect the dots, yes. they'll lean into it oftentimes, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so geology was not one of your favorite uh, classes, right? You had to do it to get add to the degree, I'm assuming, huh? I mean, it was kind of cool, but it was just the tests about igneous and metamorphic rocks. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> I wasn't really going for that. Oh, that just took me back a ways, man. <laughs> Igneous and sedimentary too. rock. All the, okay, all right. Uh, all right, so I want to ask you this question. So back to flying, back to flying, right? We'll leave geology and back to flying. What, tell us about the first time you stepped into a cockpit. So my first flight was, what was very interesting about it is I didn't know how hands-on you're going to be from the beginning. So this is my first time being in a small plane ever. And we taxi out to the runway. My flight instructor, is, he's taxiing for me. We get, we're about to hold short of the runway. And he goes, all right, so do you want to take off? And I'm like, I've never touched these controls. I've never done anything of this like this before. And he was like, it's okay. You got this. You're going to be flying. Like, we're going to start right now. We're going to start today. Wow. And this was the second semester of my freshman year. So it's very cool how quickly you get into it. And... At first, I was a little bit scared, yeah. but after I took off, and my flight instructor would always tell me, we're not just going to fall out of the sky. If we lose an engine or something, <laughs> we can still glide. We're not going to instantly just fall out of the sky. You're going to be all right. So, yeah, um, I took controls, and it was... I didn't take... Okay, when I say I took controls, you don't really take controls. Okay. He's there helping you on the rudders. He's the, I took control of the throttle. He's helping you on the yoke. When you first start flying, you don't really take controls. Right. But you're not sitting there as an observer either, which yes, is really cool. Exactly. That's that's what I meant. Man, from day one, they just yeah. they throw you in there and That's what I said. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> right. Gosh. Well that is that that is uh that's so cool to hear you describe it and how you don't have to wait for years and years to start doing some of what you're learning. Um, okay. So I wanna I wanna ask you, you know, you were laying out a moment ago about all the um aspects of the program, right? Going a little bit broader than that, uh, than the world-renowned aerospace program at Middle Tennessee State University, 
What else do you, do you think is really cool and an advantage for going to school in TSU? Um, I really like all of the teachers, all of the people there. They're really kind. And also, like I said before, is I like how much the school does for you and how good the program is, how they keep all the planes maintained, how they make sure everything's safe, make sure everything's extra safe. You have to fill out these pre-flight sheets and you have to get a score based on the wind, the visibility, the, okay. the conditions. They always make sure everything's very safe. So I really like that about the school. When you say all the planes, Tandra, I think they've got like a fleet of 47 planes. Is that, is that, did I read that right? Yes. Yes. Well, I guess you can't have a world-renowned program if you don't have planes. Absolutely. And even with all of those planes, because the program is so well-known and so many people are fighting to get in, it's still not enough. As a matter of fact, the program has gone, grown so much, they've outgrown the airport that they're at. Wow. And they're going to be moving to a different airport that unfortunately is farther away from the campus, but they have to accommodate the program because pilots are so desperately needed. Right. Mm -hmm. They're so desperately needed. That's right. Um, so we, I found out as he was entering his senior year that he right. wanted to be a pilot. And we met with a family friend at lunch who told us about MTSU. And we had this lunch in August. So the Tuesday after Labor Day, we went and visited MTSU. So less than a month later, uh -huh. we did a campus tour and he said, this is where I'm going to school and it was the only school he applied to. Now, he had the unfortunate privilege of being a COVID senior. So no prom, no you know, real graduation, and then so many colleges just shut down and everything was virtual. Well, he got to be on campus and they did a very good job of working around all of the COVID issues. And then if someone unfortunately got COVID, the school did a phenomenal job of taking care of them. They had an isolated apartment. They brought them three meals a day. So when he says the school cares about you, they really do. And I felt very confident having him there. Wow, that's important whether you're the student yes. or the parent, oh certainly, gosh. right? Yes. Um, you know, folks are gonna listen to what Tandra just shared there. 20 years from now, and they're not gonna have any clue what the last couple of years. That's true. What we've been through together, right? Yes, I mean, yes. whether you're learning or you're in the career, you're trying to find a job, whatever you yes. are. I mean, gosh, I'm so glad that we're kind of whatever you call now. We're not right. in the we're not back to normal by, in any, by any means. But at least we're we've made strides. Um, okay, so this might be one of my favorite questions I'm, we're gonna ask you here today. Yes. We got a lot of them here, but. Uh, so we know that you want, you, you love to fly, right? Love to fly. But when you think of career-wise, what's your dream? What do you want to do, you know, while you fly? What do you want to do? I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. <laughs> I, okay, so my plan right now is I'm going to get my certified flight instructor license next semester. Okay. Right? I'm going to learn how to teach people how to fly. I'm going to try and get hired by the school at MTSU and give back and help people there and teach them how to fly build up my hours and then go to a regional like endeavor or like a regional airline like that. yeah like a regional airline and try and build time there so i'm not sure where my end goal i'm going to end up at whether it could be like flying cargo like you said for ups or flying being a captain at a delta or a southwest i'm not sure but as long as i'm 
flying and working for someone who treats me fairly, then I'm going to be happy. Oh, that's awesome. And being happy and loving what you do, that's half, at least half the battle, oh, Andrew. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, uh, speaking of what, what you want to do professionally, when you think about your uh, potential employer, right? Uh, one of the things we get feedback around this all the time as we meet you know, top talent and, and parts of the now generation that are out there doing interviews and trying to figure out exactly where they want to be. When it comes to your potential employer, what's really important about what they might offer you or what kind of organization do you want to be part of? I want to be a part of an organization that prioritizes uh, fairness and transparency. I want to know like what's going on. If something happens, I would, I would like to know about it. Um, I also would like to, where I'm working, not have to commute. That would be, that would be pretty nice for okay. me, not have to go out of my way and travel to the certain airports. Because I know some pilots that they're based in a different state than what, they're, than what they live in, and they have to catch flights to their state to go and fly. So let me see if I follow you here. So let's just pick some states here. So, you, so you're describing a situation where someone may be living, a pilot may be living in Georgia, but they may fly in and out of Arkansas. Yeah. Is that right? So, so they, let's say that, like they live in Georgia, but they're based in Nashville. Okay. And they have to, even though that's close, they have to catch that flight from Georgia to Nashville and then clock into work and go fly from Nashville to somewhere else. Okay. You just blow my mind in terms of, I'm going to stop complaining about my hour or so commute here in Atlanta, <laughs> Tandria. What, 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 what is that? Where does that take your mind? Um, that absolutely happens. And it happens, unfortunately, a lot with the regionals because they move the pilots to wherever they need them, and that might not be where you live. Right. And, you know, working, having a employer, as he says, that understands the importance of that because that's a part of that employee's work-life balance. Right. Oh, big part. That's yes. right. Great point. Um, and I want to go back to something you said earlier, Tandria, uh, the pilot shortage. You know, I think I was in the Air Force, got out in 02. I think they were struggling retaining and attracting pilots like military-wise. And I think the commercial industry, uh, with a few blips, I think they've always, yes. you know, especially recently, been struggling to keep and attract pilots, right? There was an article recently where a um, passenger airline was poaching pilots from the cargo airlines. So it is a tremendous shortage. And I don't know that we can build them fast enough because there's a lot that the pilots have to go oh, through gosh. in order to be qualified to fly those jets. And as a traveler, I desperately need them to be fully qualified before they get up in the air. Hey, absolutely, Tandria. Yeah, yes. coming over here, uh, uh, as we were kind of walking and getting into the studio, Anthony was telling us all these things that, that you got to double check and mm -hmm. and. And you're so right. There, there are certainly, as travelers, non-pilot travelers, we have no idea of how capable and trained and smart you got to be to safely operate and carry these hundreds of passengers on any one plane here and there and everywhere. So uh, I'm glad we've got more capable and passionate yes. pilots like Anthony here coming in the industry. Um, all right. So let's see, I was just asking Anthony about what he wants in a future employer. And one of the things, he, one of the ter uh, words he used was transparent, right? Mm -hmm. So what would be your advice? It's if, you were to speak, if you were to speak to uh, hiring managers out there all vying for top talent, mm -hmm. what's one piece of advice you'd offer them up, Tandra? 
you know, things have changed a lot. Um, when I started, I'll say maybe my first job as a manager, people were motivated by money. How can I make the most money? What's, what can I do to make more money? And then you moved into uh, maybe the next generation or two, and it was more about status. They wanted to see upward mobility. Right. So a lot of the questions were, you know, what does it take to get promoted? How do I get to your job? What's, what's the next level look like? That's not the case right now. Um, you have people who are more intrinsically motivated by either what's going to make them happy, what's going to make them feel appreciated, what's going to make them feel valued. So hiring managers, um, managers who, who have teams, they've got to work hard to really understand what their team is looking for, what those new employees are looking for. They've got to work to make their organization look viable. Right. You know, again, I had 34 years with UPS. We were absolutely a cradle to grave type of company. That just doesn't exist anymore. And with so much just being publicly known, so much transparency, it is very, very, very easy for top talent to just job hop. Right. So finding out what that top talent wants and meeting them at the point of their need, it takes work to keep good people. That's right. Uh, there's a phrase as you're describing that, <clears throat> that comes to my mind that I heard say to me once, uh, leadership doesn't blink, right? And, and kind of what I'm hearing about as you, as you kind of laid that out there, it's not just like a easy button. Right. You know, you flip these two switches and we got what we need. It is a constant, consistent, yeah. exhausting, but steady, steady, steady approach to, to protect the environment, to protect the culture, yeah. and to create the organization that not only uh, attracts folks like Anthony, right. but keeps them. But keeps them. Yeah. Keeps them, absolutely. <clears throat> Good stuff there. Uh, Anthony, re respond to any part of that. I mean, uh, what 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 did you hear your mom say that really you're like, that's right. That's right is what she really said about the money is that's something that relates to me too is even though it would be nice to be all about the money, there's certain things that it's not all about the money. Like, for example, for me, there's certain captains that are out there making so much money, $700,000 a year. Wow. Right. But they're always flying. They're, they're never at home. They're not. They're missing their son's birthday. They're missing Christmas. And even though it's nice to be making that much money and doing what you love, I also want to have a home life too and not always be at work and always doing my job. So even though it would be nice to always, oh, go to the highest bidder and all that stuff, there's a part of me that doesn't want to do that also, that wants to be happy with my job and happy with my life and my family as well. So I think that's very relatable. Well said. Man, mature beyond his years, well beyond his yeah. years. Wow. Somebody did something right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So now this is going to be a tough question. As I was writing this question now, I was like, what would I say? I'm not sure if I'd come up with a good answer. So I'm, I'm still going to ask you, though. So we like to get folks kind of break out their crystal ball from time to time and kind of talk about the future. Mm -hmm. And here I want to fast forward from this conversation here to kind of the end of when you, when you were ready to retire, right? Like seven years or 70 years from now. Uh, what is one thing that you hope 
that the folks you've worked with and the organizations you've worked with will remember about how uh, Anthony Bellamy, how, how he worked, how he led, how, you know, the results he got. What, what would you want folks to remember? I would want folks to remember positivity, definitely. And my mom can vouch for this. I'm always smiling. I'm always happy. And I want people to be more happy with their lives and more happy just in general. Because, you know, life is too short to be coming into work every day sad, to be doing a whole bunch of different things, just being mad. And I'm always smiling. I'm always happy. And I want those people to know that it's real. I'm always feeling feeling good about everything. It, it's a blessing that we're all here. It's a blessing that we're healthy and all that stuff. So when I retire, I want them to know that, man, Anthony came to work every day with a smile on his face, a positive attitude. No matter what was going on, if he had something going on at home or something else, he left that at the door, you know. He left that when he was coming into his job. He left that at the door. So, I just think I want everyone to remember me as being a positive and a happy person. Okay, as uh, I love your answer, Tandra, I'm going to ask you, <clears throat> kind of an extension of what I'm hearing Anthony say, is that's the kind of person that you want to work with. You want to have bad days with. You want to have great days with. You want to solve problems. You want to win. You want to innovate with. I mean, you want to work with someone that Anthony's describing. React to that. You do. I mean, you want to work with them, you want to play golf with them, you want to go to church with them. Right. Think about how much better everything would be if more people had that attitude. You know, you, you relayed this morning that you went to one of your favorite establishments and they weren't open. <laughs> and we were talking about the huge shortage of, of, of workers. If environments were like that, people would wake up like, yeah, let's go, right. let's go. So that makes me smile. Me too. Um, yeah. Me too. Me and Tandra, I love hanging out with you just because, just how you described it, you've got a presence about you, Anthony. You really do. Uh, it's very palpable. Um, okay, I know there's a thousand questions that I did not ask you. It's tough to get, you know, a full journey in an hour or so conversation. So I'm going to throw one more question in before we make sure folks know how to connect with you both. What's one important thing? that we didn't tackle here today or I didn't ask you, that you really feel that global folks out there, they're working in the trenches or whether they wanna fly or they wanna to go to school or they wanna be in supply chain or they just wanna lead, right? And, and, and be in executive roles like Tandria. What's one thing we didn't touch on that you think is really important? What? Well, I think is really important is that no matter what you want to do, whether it's you want to be the famous TikToker, you want to go out and be, be a construction worker, no matter what it is, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Just go out there and do it. Go out there and get started. Don't get started tomorrow, get started today. No matter what you want to do with your life, in your life, you can do it and get started now. That's, that's what I would say. Oh, I love it. Me too. Tandra, this has been yes. great. We need a whole... Uh, Anthony Bellamy, uh, Bellamy series. Uh, really, I, I really, it's like we can hook you up to the, to the uh, power grid and, and uh, power cities for days based on the energy you bring to the table. All right, so Tandria, before we wrap, out of everything Anthony shared here today, what was your favorite uh, thing he shared that more folks should take away? If they forget everything else, what's the one thing that folks got to take away from the conversation? His smile. That, that is, just have a joy for life and um, make somebody else smile because right. he makes me smile. Well said. And, and get, don't start tomorrow. Start, start today. Start today. All right. 
So Anthony, uh, how can folks, so with all that you've got going on, this incredible journey, you're following your passion, not the paycheck, kind of what we were saying earlier, you're gonna make a big impact out in the industry. You're gonna be kicking a dent in the universe. You're already starting. So how can folks connect with you if they wanna pick your brain or have you come in and motivate their teams or, or maybe even hire you, who knows? How can folks connect with you, Anthony? Um, they can connect with me by email, and my email is anthonybellamyahs at gmail.com. Okay, it's just that easy. Man, it's a delight to have you here. Finally meet you after years and years of hearing about you. Me and Greg and Tandra, uh, we've had some great conversations, and it's so nice to finally meet you here today. Um, all right, Tandria, thank you. On a variety of this levels. This was a pleasure. It, this has been a lot of fun, man. Uh, and, and I really have enjoyed all the different ways that we've collaborated, all, all the different conversations we've had. This is different than all of that. This is just a great addition uh, to our journey. Um, so how can folks, uh, you're still, as you mentioned on the front end, just because you're retired from UPS, you're not staying still. Absolutely. You're not, uh, how'd you put it? You're not, um, you, you used a word. Uh, uh, I said I'm not stationary. Yes, stationary. That's keep right. Moving. moving like that train moving in the background. Like it's train. a great That's backdrop right. for a supply chain now episode. What? Um, so how can folks? You, LinkedIn. See me on LinkedIn. Tandria Bellamy. Connect. I'm active, and um, I will definitely accept, and we can communicate. That's right. That is right. And I and really encourage all of our listeners to connect with both, but in particular. In my time with Tandria, I know you, you, you talk a lot of folks, you talk shop, uh, you come in and speak, you do keynotes, you're serving on boards, you're doing important charitable work with uh, driving outcomes. Man, you're just like a dynamo. Uh, do you sleep at night? Of course. <laughs> For like two hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only good. Only good. Well, uh, Tandria Bellamy, always a pleasure and great to have you here. All right, so folks, hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. This has been a long time in the works. I'll tell you, you don't always get a chance to, to do that conversation or that show that you talk about for so long. And I am so, I'm delighted over the moon that we're able to do that. Uh, very grateful. Um, folks, here's a challenge, though. Here's a challenge. Take something that Anthony or Tandria shared here today, put it into action. Deeds, not words. Just take one thing at least. Your team will appreciate it. Uh, so with all that said, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. Be like Tandria Bellamy, and the world will be a much better place, I promise you. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com, and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.